Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Jules. You're welcome, hmm. Daniel. Shut up. Shut up, Will. <laughs> Are you going to get it out before the intro today, or is this just warming up for the intro? I, I'm just getting rid of the phlegm and, and, and therefore getting all my vitriol. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, a very special guest, very near and dear to my heart. I'll introduce him in a second. We'll go round the horn. Our Wagner, as always, how are you? Slightly under the weather, but very, very happy for our guest. Will Saddleberg, why are you here? <laughs> I'm the very unspecial guest. You're, week, you're back from your vacation. I am back, yes. It was a great weekend in Nashville. What's a vacation? And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is this is very special to me. Jerry Hildenbrand hey, of Android hey. Central. Uh, hey, we co-hosted hey, the Android Central podcast for many years. Near and dear to my heart. You uh, can't just get like away a big from cuddly me. bear of a human. The gang's back together. <laughs> as long as you have internet access, somehow or another, I will creep into your life. They haven't taken it away from you yet? They've tried. They've tried. <laughs> so yeah, Jerry, what's your title these days at AC? It's... I'm senior editor of the Google ecosystem. There you go. What okay. the I, heck that means? I don't know. They didn't tell me. Wasn't it took, um, editor of Dope Shit? Weren't you the editor of Dope Shit? For many years? Yeah, and, and I fought to keep that because that's a better, more apt. They made you go corporate is, what's, is yeah. what happened. Next, they're going to ask me to wear a tie. I'd like to see that. No, you Personally, wouldn't. that would be fun. We brought you on this week to talk about Nothing else but Android 13. Our rundown is basically all Android 13. Likely because, like, we were thinking last week at the end of the show, we'd probably just follow up on Samsung, to, you know, talk about our impressions. And then Friday afternoon, Google sent us an email and said, Hey, we have some news for you. <laughs> um, and then uh, our fingers got a type in and we got, we got uh, publishing on Monday. We did a Android 13 review. We got all the various things up. Uh, best features, everything that you would want to know about this release. So that's what we'll focus on primarily. Jerry, we'll, we'll kind of jump right in and start with you. From my perspective, this feels by far the most stable, stable release Google has put out in many years, right? And I'm, I'm wondering from your perspective, like what happened in the development cycle here that led Google to maybe be a little bit more conservative, but also release something that really has not had any major issues so far that we can tell. Well, I, I think if you look back five, six years ago, between the time it took to get 12 out the door and 13, there would have been three other releases. We would have seen 12.1, 12.34a, and you know all the nonsense they used to do. They used to try to fix issues as they went along. And I think this time now they've just realized that maybe it's better to get everything fixed that we can all at once and get it out the door when we're you know happier with the stability for lack of a better word and it's also really important to remember that this is pixel stability we're talking about i really hope that you know we're going to see the same from samsung and oneplus and xiaomi and everybody else that the base itself is more stable but i can't help but be worried that a lot of the issues that they really took the time to fix were pixel issues rather than Android issues. We'll know, I guess, in a few months. 
So you've, I, I assume, been using the betas um, yeah. over the last few months. What have been your impressions? And, and now that it's stable, like, what's your overarching impression of this release? Like, what stands out to you as the big leaps forward and sort of the more small but appreciated details that people would want to know about? To me, the, the biggest and best feature of Android 13 is that it's not very different to the consumer. I am of the camp that the best updates are when you don't realize that it's an update. Everything you liked is still working just the way it should or possibly better because it's been fixed. And there are a few quality of life improvements added into the mix, but no new UI, no crazy new thing. Sure, they moved my settings button in my drop-down shade where I never can find it. I always wonder, what what's going on? And then I remember, oh, it's at the bottom now. Little things, but it feels a lot like Android 12 should have felt when it first came out. I appreciate that. I, I know a lot of other people want big changes all the time on both sides, Android and iOS. They're not happy unless an update looks completely different, all new, all new and shiny. I'm not in that camp. I really like the way that they kept to what they said was great. If they really thought it was great, we should see it for the next few releases. And the first one out the gate leads me to believe that they did think it was great enough to keep. The the tiny point, the one thing I absolutely love is that you can choose what media folders that apps get access to. That has been something I have hated since day one with Android, that all or nothing, that Android permissions have consistently been. And now, of course, no apps take advantage of it yet because this is Google and they don't force developers to do anything. But in the future, as apps get updated, you don't have to give some random game that may want to take a screenshot. You don't have to let it see all of your photos. There's no need for that game to see all of your photos so now you can just pick and choose where it can have access to and i think that's great for personal privacy i know dumb but that's my thing i mean i just love it because it means i don't have to have my ringtones and my alarms in every single music app right just because like i'm I'm sorry guys but why is the ringtones app considered a media folder to the rest of android no but i'm also with jerry and like i Everybody wants big, bold moves. Big, bold changes are messy. This is the update we needed, not the update we wanted for Android 13. I feel like that uh, Gary Oldman speech from the end of Dark Knight applies perfectly to Android 13. This is exactly what we needed. It's just not what we want. And also, it has a really good dark mode, just like Dark Knight. (laughs) Yeah! Will, I'll I'll throw to you. So, you know, you are our newly crowned phones editor. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Just a little a little site news over there that we're breaking. I guess using this on a pixel is the way that most people early on are gonna get to use this. But yeah. and, and as Jerry mentioned, like it's hard to really separate out the Android specific features from the pixel specific stuff, at least yet. Like we've seen one UI five beta, and there are tweaks to how they're adding support for material U and and more theming. And there are opt-in notifications and some of Google's new features are in there, but it's an early beta right now. So we're not sure if they're going to be adding more as they go. Mm -hmm. But as a Pixel user, what is your 
big impression of moving from Android 12 to 13? Well, my daily driver is a Pixel 6, so I don't test the beta on that. I test the beta on a Pixel 4a. Um, so that's on 13. I decided to just wait and see when this when my 6 would actually get like an over-the-air update, and it hasn't yet. So I'm still just like using it on my old Pixel 4a. My overall impression is that it... <laughs> If this was like Android 4.x days, it would be like Android 4.35. Like it's, it feels so small, even like, like something like Android 4.1 wouldn't have done it justice. Like it's, it's really about just like kind of cleaning up the mess they had, especially with pixel users, especially with pixel six users last year. To that end, I also wonder if Google has done such a good job of kind of separating its apps and services from its operating system updates over the last like five years or so we look at this and we're like wow google didn't change anything and it's because everything just kind of comes through as like play store services updates or like just app updates at this point so like you know you can look at this and be like this is just like android 12 but then it's like Google has spent the last year like really consolidating their messaging apps and and killing Hangouts and focusing on RCS and combining Meet and Duo. They rolled out Google Wallet, which either replaces or supplements pay, depending on where you are in the world. Smaller stuff, like a thing that has like completely changed navigation for me is that Maps added stoplight and stop signs when navigating, which was a long time coming. But like, God, it, it's so nice when you're driving. You know, I don't want to make the Apple comparison, but if it was Apple, that would all be in like iOS 15 or whatever, right? Like it would be baked into one big once a year update and like we get it throughout the year. And so it ends up something like Android 13 feels really small, you know, especially maybe on Pixel. But we're just kind of always getting this new stuff that you don't really think about it until you kind of step back and like don't lose the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. You know, for Google, an Android update is sort of three things. It's a big code dump to AOSP that allows OEMs and ROM developers and everybody else creating Android, which is not just on phones, but everywhere, to have access to all of the new stuff. And then there's also the Pixel experience, which is this platonic ideal of how Google presents Android to the public on its devices. But then there's also this third thing that you mentioned, which is Google does a really good job, too good a job in some cases, backporting a lot of features using libraries and other Play Store tweaks that give, quote, new Android features or ones that became popular in the betas of upcoming releases access on older devices well right? even like the uh the the photo picker that jerry mentioned right uh like was backported to android 11 and might even be coming further back it's literally just waiting for uh developers to add support for it like you don't need android 13 to get improved security on your phone yeah so jerry i mean i, I guess as we go around and talk about this like we also have to as always go back to this is a pixel release for now there are no other devices that have Android 13 stable. We also know that Android 12 is only on like 14% of devices in the world, according, you know, as of, I believe, July. So really, like when Google releases a new Android version, we care about it. I love updating my phone and trying out new features. But realistically, it's as much a marketing exercise for Google as it is 
an actual software release. And it's completely different. Even now, after years of Google pushing back against fragmentation, than Apple releasing a new iOS version and having 80% of all iPhone users using it within the first week. Yeah, and that's that goes back to what Will said about Play Services and what, oh, they brought it out in Android 10 where they can independently update. Project Mainline. Right, and, and an interesting thing, I, I haven't checked today because I, I have a 6 Pro and a 6 here, and I had the beta on the 6 Pro and just Android 12 on the 6. On Android 12, it had a newer version of Play Services than it did on 13. And that tells me that newer versions of their Play Services group of executable files, I don't want to call it an app, was built to handle more of these features, these tiny features being pushed back to older versions. And that's why an older version had a newer version of the Play Services suite. And that's got to be Google's way forward. Google is never going to be able to fix fragmentation unless it puts its foot down and says, you have 90 days or you lose access to our services. And the minute they do that, they're in court. Right. So they can't. So that has to be their way forward. And that's not easy for the people that are writing this software. I really feel bad for them trying to find ways to shoehorn new things that they get on stage and say are the greatest things since sliced bread. You got to have this. And then they look at their metrics and, oh, 92% of the people out there can't have this. We've got to fix that. And I, I don't see any other way that, that it can move forward until we get to the point where your, your actual version number doesn't mean very much. But then they run the risk of not having something to sell devices against. Right. You know, like obviously Android 13 is going to come pre-installed on the Pixel 7 and the cadence is not the same as it is in the Apple world where they announce the new update at the developer conference and then always release it two days before the new phones are out. But there are usually some hardware specific features that are baked in to a new Android version that get unveiled during a phone launch. So in the case of the Pixel 7 Pro, We'll probably see additional UWB support that was baked into Android 13. We'll see probably some deeper integration with the new camera APIs and maybe you know explicit support for spatial audio and the higher uh, AC3 codec, AC, a, LC3. LC3, LC3, and, and Bluetooth LE, right? So there are things that we're probably going to have to wait until October for, but I find it really interesting. Like, go to the Android blog or the Google blog, rather, and you read the list of 13 features that are available on Android 13, it's just like the simple mainstream introduction to a new Android version. And like, there aren't a lot of features this year. You know, there aren't things that you can really point to and say, oh, this differentiates Android 13 from 12. But the ones that they do manage to highlight, I think are so significant and really add to the experience. Obviously, improved material U or material U, but also just like better integration with theming. Although the themed icons are still a mess. And will be for the next two or three years. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of I work. I tweeted a photo of my home screen and like most of the apps have themed icons, but like five of them don't and it just looks ugly. So you turn it off. Yep. And this is why you go to a third party launcher and an icon pack that will actually get rid of all of your 
gaps. I, right. I wrote a whole thing about this in like February or something. Yeah, it's 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 and it, we're still there, you know. But that's not the answer. No. That that no. lets Google off the hook. Google is the second largest company, tech company in the world. Man, I want better. I expect better. And exactly. we're not getting better. And also better. like it's the big apps too that don't have their themed icons ready. We're talking like Instagram, WhatsApp, mm-hmm. yep. um, Slack, Twitter. Like there are these are apps on millions of Android users' phones right now, and they couldn't be bothered. But like small indie developers, like Pocket, I mean, Pocketcast is not small in indie anymore. <laughs> it used anymore, to be, <laughs> but uh, you know, like there are a bunch of small indie developers that have supported it out of the gate. So it's it's nice to see. It's just frustrating. It's like so half baked, and this happens every single time. A couple of other things to point out per app language support. I think Android is the world's operating system, right? And this is going to impact millions, if not eventually billions of people, the ability to set per app language settings. It's a small thing, but it's going to be so, so, so useful for polylingual people. The updated media player is just like, in my opinion, the thing that I want to show off every time I (laughs) show Android 13. It's It's so cute. So much better than what they had before. I, you know, I, I like, back just inline controls with just little icons that made me happy because i like minimalism but that mess they had before where it could randomly pick a color and it just looked like a hot mess this is so much better it's so great and it's consistent too right like Mm -hmm. it's not just the ui that looks great but the ux is consistent it works well it allows you to tap your source and change it really quickly like they just got it right and the little swiggles it's just like the Cherry on oh. top. It's, it's so great. I'm just happy I have repeat and shuffle control from the now playing bar again instead of having to go into the app every time. Because God forbid YouTube Music actually put those controls in their widgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it is an app. It's, it's a per app setting. Yes. Right? Yes, it is. So it's something that they could swap back to being thumbs up and thumbs down again. And then I will be writing more angry emails. But nobody does that. Nobody like thumbs ups anything anymore. Thumb thumbs ups thumb ups i don't know i mean youtube took away thumbs down anyway so like why would youtube music bring it back just being contrarian at this point (laughs) the clipboard stuff jerry i want to talk about not only is the clipboard itself more useful you copy something it shows you a little preview of it you can quickly copy it to an app but android 13 now prevents other apps that can't or shouldn't access your clipboard from getting that data this was something that nefarious actors were really taking advantage of, right? And uh, you know, it took a long time, but Google finally got around to closing this loophole. Yeah, it's. I I wish that this had been a actually in the wild getting phones messed up, and I know that's terrible to say, but that's when Google moves quickly. But they got around to it eventually, so I'll give them credit for that. Having it stored in your clipboard forever, the, your your one-time code from your bank, is just such an insane idea. I can't believe it took this long to fix it, but hey, they got it fixed, finally. Uh, and you know what? I, I said uh, that I really like the photo picker, the permissions picker, most of all, because I forgot about the very, very best feature, the actual permission dialogue for notifications. Yes. No more mm-hmm. stupid games can tell me that I've got hearts waiting. 
I don't care if I've got hearts waiting. I'll play that game when I'm ready to. If you care that your hearts are waiting, you can say yes. Now I can say no, and I don't have to go in later and take that away. Proactive. I love it. So just to be clear on this, if you ran a phone with Android 12 and you update to Android 13, do you have to opt in every single for, for every app no. or does it? No, no, that's I was hoping you did, but no. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that. So it does bring over your existing notification. Your grandfather didn't. But yeah. if you uninstall and reinstall the app, then everything you have to say yeah. yes to again. So, I mean. Let's just unpack that for a second, because it really does mean that like for the vast majority of Android 13 users, they're going to be seeing those heart messages unless they install a new app. And I'm just wondering, like, why Google didn't enforce this the way that they do for location permissions from one, one version to another? Well, because if they opted out for every app until you went back in and turned everything on, that would mean when you updated to Android 13, you wouldn't get notifications for anything until you went into every single app and turned everything back on. Or And that would break tons of shit. Or they'd send you 80 notifications. Right. But that's what I yeah. that's what iOS does. When there's a new when there's a new API that that iOS enforces, like a, a new permissions dialog box, unfortunately, you upgrade to the new version, and then you have to press yes or no to 80,000 things. But it doesn't have to be that way. Android is intelligent enough to know the difference between a system application and a user-installed application. System applications could have retained the notification permission, and user-installed apps could have been wiped and needed to be reauthorized. That would have made all of us happy. No, it wouldn't. Why? Slack notifications would have been turned off and I would not know what was going on with work. Your life would be better if you didn't get Slack notifications. Let's be honest. (laughs) But what about this middle ground where Slack wants to send you a notification? An app is requesting to send you a notification. Do you want to continue allowing notifications or do you want to disable them? Right. As those notifications come in, you get a dialog box and you have to reject it or accept it. That's probably a lot harder to code, but that's the best solution that we don't get to see because nobody wants to work that hard for us. Come on, Google. Also, it's not that hard to go settings, notifications, app notifications, and just go through the list because it'll sort by most recent and it'll be like, okay, you pestered me this morning. I don't want to hear from you anymore. But I'm thinking, I'm just thinking of, this is not about us, right? This is about my mom or somebody's family member or friend who's not a techie who buys a Samsung Galaxy A52, right? They've got four years of platform updates. Eventually, they're going to get Android 13, right? And this is not an easy thing to explain to somebody to go into an app setting. Like These permissions are there so you can nip bad notifications in the bud before they start. Because I look at my mom's notification shade, it's a mess. It's a mess because she does not curate or actively set any of those permissions. So once an app has been given permission to send her notifications, they will do it all the time. And like, I just think Google has a responsibility, not just to people like us who understand the nuances of this, but like every random Android user that's going to be presented with this problem over the next three years. I'll go a step further with a probably very unpopular opinion. Google doesn't have to care about people like us. Yep. We know how to fix it either way. No matter what Google does, 
we can fix it. So stop giving a damn about what we want or what we think and think about Daniel's mom or my mom or Era's dad or Will's best friend's third cousin twice removed's aunt's mom. <laughs> those those I like people. Her. She's she's great. Is she, yeah. I'm sure she's a lovely Louise. lady. <laughs> I love Louise. <laughs> um, I assume but her those people, Louise. they shouldn't have to spend their time on the internet reading Android blogs to learn how to shut a notification off. I promise you, Jerry, they're not spending any time I know. on the internet reading but, an Android blogs. But if, if they wanted to get them shut off, that's what they would have to do. Yeah, exactly. No, they wouldn't. You can long press on any notification and shut it off. Your you phone can. doesn't tell you that. But that's not yeah, easy to that. figure out. <laughs> I'm I'm getting uh, guide ideas here, uh, Will. It's like <laughs> as as we're talking, I'm but, like, oh, we don't have a guide for this, but that's true, right? Like people are going to be searching, like shut off notifications or whatever. But anyway, I, I just think it's it's an interesting miss from a privacy perspective. I get why they did it. It's Ara's reason exactly. They wanted to maintain continuity and to allow people who had already opted in to continue receiving notifications, like nothing changed. But yeah, it could have been done more well, smoothly. Uh, it, we, it, and also, we have to remember that the most important thing to Google and it is application developers, because without a million plus things to install in Google Play, everyone's not going to enjoy their phone near as much. That's what sells Android. That's what pushed iOS to two billion devices and Google to two and a half billion devices are apps, games. People love to do more than just call, text, and get driving directions. Of the features that Google lists on its blog, I find it really interesting, the breakdown. So four of them are like user-facing feature, improve, like just updates, the things that like make your phone work better. Three of them are like privacy and security related. So the media player, the clipboard, notification support. And then six of them are ecosystem updates. And when you think about Android 13, you don't really think about the implications to what Google is really trying to build as like an ecosystem. So sharing, quickly switching your audio between devices. It's not Android 13 specific, but it's improved with Android 13. The ability to share more easily between your phone and your Chromebook, right? These are all things that Google is touting as like an ecosystem play. And some of these are not really Android 13 specific, but they're here because, I don't know, it's it's weird. They're positioning it as like, this is going to be more common now, so we're pushing it alongside Android 13. But Jerry, I just want to get your take on it because so much of what Android 13 offers is improvements to foldables and tablets, and we have yet to see a single example of how that <laughs> will actually work because none of these devices have been updated to Android 13 yet. Yeah. What's your take there? I mean, Android 12L was ostensibly for those devices. I to, to be honest, I have no idea. And it's because of what you just said. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the improvements to large screen devices are at the low level so the Samsungs of the world can take that and run with it and make their stuff great. You know, the Pixel team can do the same thing. We know a Pixel tablet's coming. Everybody tells me that a Pixel Fold is coming, except for the people that work at Google. They're like, well, I've never seen one. I just read about it. You all write it. We don't know nothing about it. But these devices, 
well, they're already out there. You can buy new Samsung folding devices today. Android 13 had to have been designed to make it easier for Samsung to do it because Samsung doesn't use Android the way Google writes it. And hopefully, hopefully Google got that part right. A lot of that low level stuff, Google does a really good job with. Look how much better Samsung phones are today than they were five years ago. And that's because Google started making it easier for Samsung to make the software on their phones better and better with every release. So this has to be along that same idea, that same track where, hey, look, this is how it is. Hey, why don't you come work with us to make sure we get it in there in a way that you can find it very useful? And we know Google did that with Samsung and Microsoft. I really want these changes to be good. I, it's still hard for me to find a use case for a tablet, but that's because even when I'm mobile, I'm on wheels, baby. I can carry stuff. I got a, a Chromebook in my backpack. I don't need a tablet. I realize that's probably why I don't find a use case for a tablet. But if Google wants people to actually care about tablets that run Android instead of just buying them because they're cheap, and if foldable phones really are going to be the next thing in 2025, like some analysts just came out, that is a lot of work for Google but a lot more work for the Samsungs of the world. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. I think you know some of the biggest potential for Android 13, spatial audio support, LC3 support, Bluetooth LE compatibility, better multitasking, like all of this stuff is TBD, right? We probably won't see it until next year. The Galaxy Z Fold 4 actually ships with Android 12L, not Android 13, but it'll get updated to Android 13. We'll see. I do want to talk a little bit about a couple of technical things, Jerry, that you might be able to give us some insight on. Android 13 includes a new bootloader for your Pixel phone that prevents you from downgrading to Android 12 again. This is not something that is new to the Android world. This bootloader protection was introduced in Android 10, but it's the first time that it's been applied to a new Pixel release. And we've found evidence of this in the Flash tool online that it's because there was a vulnerability in the previous bootloader. Just right. walk us through exactly what this means. I, I And I have actual confirmation for that. That That is what, what it says on the Flash Tool website is the facts. There is a vulnerability in the Android 12 bootloader on your Pixel phone. Maybe on other phones too. Google could only speak to me of Pixel phones. And that could allow somebody to possibly bypass factory reset protection, and or gain control of your device if they had physical possession. So at that point, it doesn't matter if your phone erases itself after 10 bad password attempts. If there's a flaw in the bootloader, when somebody that knows what they're doing has it and has a USB cable, they're in. You can't have that. You just cannot have that. And you have to make changes to prevent that from happening. and those changes can't be able to be rolled back. It's not easy, but it is certainly very possible to roll back a, a bootloader version if you have a phone in your hands and the right tools on a computer. So this was done so that that can't happen. This bootloader just can't be rolled back. And this isn't the first time we've seen that. Motorola had to do it. HTC has had to do it. 
for the same reasons. There's vulnerabilities that need patched. And the last thing you do is make sure these can't be undone. The patches can't be removed. That's the right call. I know a lot of people like to flash ROMs on phones that are easily unlocked. I feel you. It's fun. I used to do it a lot too. But give them this one. You don't want your phone to be able to go to somebody else who knows how to flash the bootloader and they get in there and get all your stuff. So there's no evidence that the exploit was used. It's just that they no. found something they wanted to close the loop. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's one of those we're going to disclose to you and hopefully you can do something about it. And if you don't do something about it, we will disclose it to everyone else. And Google jumped right on it and, and did what they could do to, to mitigate. Right. All right. So, Will, I, I want to talk about just a couple of other Android 13 adjacent stories. Google's official Android 13 statue was unveiled during the course of the last couple of days. It was tweeted out by a, a Googler, and uh, it's a swing set. It sure of is. Of sorts. Sure. Uh, it's not a yeah. statue. Yeah. It's a swing set, but it, uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. well, it sure looks like a butt. It looks like a butt. I just want wish somebody had taken video of Dieter falling off of it. <laughs> that's that's what I wish. But I just want to go swing on it just for a little bit. It does look like a nice swing, to be honest. We all right? want to swing very, on the butt. It's very deep. It's a deep swing butt. It's just it, I've never seen so a baby swing got like back this. is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't know. I prefer this. It's a very practical statue compared to the other ones. Like, who cares if you can stick your head through a honeycomb? Like, I want to be able to sit on my Android <laughs> statue. So anybody who hasn't seen this, it's a swing set. There's a bar up top. Uh, it looks like it has some writing in different languages. It says yeah, the word 13, 13. different languages. And then underneath it is a... Uh, <laughs> If you turn it's your head three. sideways, it's a three. It's a three. Yeah, um, but it's a one and a three. You, you have to use your imagination or just physically turn your head. Go to the website. You'll find it. It's fun. I don't know. They must I, have known what they, like, right? Like, they're on the internet. They, they, they knew know. This, this is, was yeah, yeah, it was yeah. memeable. They totally knew. It's yeah. great. Somebody had a, I mean, a fun time It did time exactly what stuff. they wanted it to. It got people talking about it. It's like, have you ever, you know, have you seen uh, Android 13 statue? Have you ever seen Android 13 statue on weed? This is like <laughs> it's great, not, especially not with the with not yet with exactly. the uh, the the bug droid head on top. It really just yes. adds to it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, other thing is uh, there's a as, as a kernel tweak for the Pixel Six Pro that yeah. extends its battery life in small but meaningful ways. Talk about what this is and why it might actually be more important for the Pixel Seven series. Yeah, so I think for a few months now, we've known that the the Pixel 7 Pro will be able to downscale its resolution to 1080p, which is something anyone with a high-end Samsung phone will be familiar with. You've, you've either seen it or you didn't even know your phone did it, but it does it. And it just helps save battery life, especially in like high performance apps like gaming like it just really makes a big difference you probably don't notice it unless you're really pixel peeping like it's mostly benefits and very few like shortcomings we've known for a while that the the pixel 7 pro is supposed to be able to do this we've seen like screenshots uh from from uh michelle and esper of uh exactly like what it's going to look like in the menu an xda forums user uh who's been like developing a, a kernel for the Pixel 6 Pro 
uh, was previously using like a modified version of the leaked kernel from the Pixel 7 Pro to do it on the 6 Pro. A lot of numbers there. Now he's using a uh, modified version of the actual like Pixel 6 Pro kernel or the display driver rather that is much more reliable. It's like actually mostly bug free. There's like the biggest issue is like if you have the show refresh rate on uh, option on in dev options, uh, the screen will black out when you switch and you'll need to reboot. But like, boy, there's a lot of steps to get to that problem. The colors are pretty good. The contrast is correct. Like all of that stuff has been tuned. If you have an unlocked bootloader and you're willing to, you have to be an Android 13. So if your Pixel 6 hasn't gotten it yet, you have to do that. But if you're, if you meet all of the criteria and you're willing to install a third party kernel, you can, you can use this and probably save some battery life without having to upgrade to the Pixel 7. All right. On the same note, Ara, the Pixel 6a was also modded in a kind of a fun way to give it 90 hertz, a 90 hertz display option. This is one of those things where I think a lot of people saw it. There were like two competing opinions. One was Google lied to us and didn't activate a 90 hertz mode on this mid-range phone. And other (laughs) people were like, yeah, this is a bad idea. Your phone's going to die because this doesn't actually support it. I'm amazingly in the third category of I don't know who really actually wants this because of, yeah, battery concerns. But more importantly, the mod itself was just unstable as all get out. Like, I don't care that much about 90 hertz and 120 hertz. I'm... I'm sorry, guys, if it's sacrilegious. I really don't care about the frame rate as much. So long as it's over, or as long as it is, is it is 60 or higher, I'm fine. And I would prefer 60 and save battery, especially on the Pixel 6a, where it has decent battery life, but it could be better. Right. You're wrong about that, but I, I respect yeah. I respect <laughs> that you're you know you're saying it so effusively. Um, what I found really interesting about this is I loved using the Pixel 6a when I got it in for review. And the thing that kept me looking at my 6 Pro was the 120 hertz option on that phone. Yeah. It's a better display, obviously, but just the fast refresh rate. Once you go, you can't go back. Yep. I don't know. I, if you see it, I can see it too. But I believe error when she says she doesn't see it. Yeah, because absolutely. Some people, it's, it's like audio. Some people hear different things. Some people see different things. I could never go back. The 6A it's like cilantro. Is a, it's it's the yeah. cilantro of uh, frame rates. <laughs> the 6A is still, in my opinion, the best value phone you can buy today, even though I would prefer it had a higher refresh rate screen. Yeah. And I mean, hey, maybe yeah. they'll actually give us a, uh, a on-device option to no, allow 60 or to... No, I'm happy with that. I, too. I don't think they if will. people want to yeah. mod and, it and turn it on cool, but just let me know when your battery And you know, this is gonna... This is just me saying this, and I'm not knocking the people that developed this because it is really cool. I would not do it. Those panels are capable probably of 120 hertz from what it looks like, but they were bought at 60 hertz, and it's like a processor. You can buy a processor that'll do 2.4 gigahertz or the same processor that'll do 3 gigahertz. It's bidding. Those displays are binned down. That's why they're cheaper. That's why they're in the cheaper phone. You might not like what happens to your display in a month if you do this. What's interesting, too, is you know, you're hearing a lot of, um, as the price of Bitcoin just uh, plummeted <laughs> and people are selling all those like you know, 30, 80 Bitcoin. Oh, the graphics cards for mining. The, the graphics cards, uh, the Bitcoin mining graphics cards. I'm like, 
I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot no. pole because they've been yeah, going absolutely. at max for, you know, nine yep. months. Yeah, I bought one for prime day and I couldn't wait for it to get here and check every single seal and shrink wrap, <laughs> and, you know, inspected it with a magnifying glass to make sure it wasn't dusty because I was worried to death. And, and so far so good. Yeah, oh yeah, it was a new sealed 3080 Ti. Oh, good. Okay. I spent way too much on it, but I've been wanting one forever, and they were impossible to buy before Prime Day. I'm actually like excited because I now can buy components for a computer again because you just couldn't for so long, or at least the graphics card portion of it. So now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a computer for the first time in there like you go. 15 years. It's gonna be fun. Anyway, Jerry, I want you to close us off with this. I don't think it's a rumor. It's, it looks like it's pretty definitive. It, it was an AOSP commit. It says that Tangor is moving to 64-bit only. Now, Tangor is the code name for the Pixel tablet, the product mm-hmm. that Google actually announced at I.O. with a 2023 release date. What it means is that it's going to force developers to offer 64-bit apps. It's not going to allow users to download 32-bit apps. Now, Google has been enforcing 64-bit APKs in the Play Store developer console for three years now and closed the door a year and a half ago. So it says, like, if you don't offer a 64-bit option, you can't distribute your app on the Play Store anymore. And obviously, like, Android phones have been supporting 64-bit since 2015, since the Snapdragon 810, uh, which was an absolute disaster, but at least it supported 64-bit apps. Give us the explanation for why this is a big deal, given that it probably won't impact that many people or many apps. To consumers, it's it's not a big deal. Every cool little obscure app you find at XDA developers, that's already going to be 64-bit. Every big name app is already going to be 64-bit. You know, a regular consumer that buys a Pixel tablet, Lord help them. But they're not going to notice any difference. As far as the technical side, everybody says, oh, 64-bit means you can use more memory. And that's, that's not it. That they're, that, that's not why they're better. They're more robust. They use memory more efficiently. And they use the processor more efficiently. And there's big, long technical threads all over the Internet if you want to learn more about how that works. But those are the big three things why 64-bit is better than 32 and why 32 was better than 4. Computing moves on. Soon we'll see 128-bit instruction set on a, on a processor somewhere. And those apps are going to be even more efficient. And when you get to a battery-operated device, efficiency is king. Yeah. I mean, this is also going to be targeting like a pretty mid-range price. So any... You know, my theory was that this is happening because they may only put four gigs of RAM in the thing and like Maybe. every every byte counts, but that's also, you know, it, it could just be that it'll be time and that'll be this is just the first of many Pixel phones or Pixel products that's gonna that's gonna going sixty four bit only. I wish every device from here on out enforced that from every manufacturer. You know, if you're only offering a thirty two bit option, you don't care anyway. I'm sorry, you just don't care. There's no technical reason why you can't update it. And if you really, really cared, you would have updated it by now. So let's just get rid of them. Right. That's true. 
I mean, there might be like an archival reason to keep 32-bit apps around. Sure, but maybe somebody's using an old, you know, Nexus Four or something. Yeah. Oh God, but, I hope not. Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. We'll have lots more next week, all about our Fold Four, Flip Four, Watch Five, Watch Five Pro, and Buds Two mm-hmm. Pro reviews. So. We went from hardware to software. We're going to go back to hardware next week. It's a hard swing, but uh, I think we'll manage. Jerry, this has been fantastic. Thank yeah. you so, so much. Yep. Um, we'll have you back again. You know where to get a hold of me. I, 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 I love you guys. In the mountains of Mount, <laughs> of, of West Virginia. Hey, I've still <laughs> just, got that couch. Just yod- yodeling away over there. That's, Any, that's how I see. Anytime, how I you. anytime you come. And Jules reminded me, I'm at GB Hill on Twitter. Yes. Uh, if you want to see really horrible hot takes and dumb jokes and very, very little Android stuff, Twitter to me is just, can I say shit post on this podcast? Yeah, yes. you're fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because that's what I do with Twitter. I, I don't get anything out of it except the headache. So that's all I contribute is more headache. But sometimes it's fun. And if you do ask me something, I, I try to answer you. So And uh, for, for all of your more uh less um, shitty mainstream eloquent (laughs) mainstream hot takes go to androidcentral.com yeah androidcentral.com i you'll see me there once in a while i do as little as i get away with you know i hear you that's that's what i dealt with for (laughs) six years hey hey you loved it you know you did (laughs) you know know, in four months i'll have been there 13 years holy cow congratulations i want a gold rolex (laughs) Uh, and, and, you know, I want a whole lot of things. But my dad used to say, if you want in one hand and in the other hand, you never mind. But Well, on that uh, note, uh, you can find Ara at Ara Wag Co. You can find Will at Will underscore Saddleberg. You can find Jules at Point Jules. You can find me at Journey Dan. You can find all of us at AndroidPolice.com. And that guy at Android Central, you should give them a visit to it. They're 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 kind of they're kind of fine. Hey, well. you should read every Android blog. We're yes. all good. All, yes, all, all of the words, yeah. all of the words. That's that that's a good use of your time. Until then, uh, have a great week, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Adios. Bye.